0: And will. I tell you to stomp on the devil's head and say it well and well and well quite a blessing is not she give her a hand will you please wow absolutely unbelievable i love that song and she she keeps going back to my favorite verse and i just love that passage so much that all things work together for the good to them that love god and to them that have been called according to his purpose It goes on to say, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren and whom he calls, he also justifies. It goes on to say, whom he justifies, he also glorifies. And then it raises the question, uh, what shall we say about these things? And then Paul answers his own question by saying, if God is for us, if God is on our side, and if God is fighting our battles, who can be against us? And then he goes on to say that I am, I am persuaded that neither death nor life Oh, God, I ain't, I, I'm, I'm preaching before I start preaching to them. That neither death nor life. Nor angels, principalities, and powers, things present are things to come. Nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Would you give God praise in this house today? one of the things that I'm so blessed is to see Lady Cofield. Would you give Lady Cofield a hand of here? Boy, I'm telling you, look at that woman. Hallelujah. And the atmosphere has shifted in this house uh, in, in, in a positive way. And Lady Cofield and shift the atmosphere. Come on, give her another hand, will you please? And then my little sister coming here looking just like her mama, amen. amen. <laughs> Hallelujah, God bless you. I've been knowing the Cofield family for such a long time. And, and, and you know, it's you know that Reverend Cofield is my friend the way he talks about me because he, he I'm sitting over there while he's talking, I'm feeling so good, I'm saying, man, is that I, I feel so good, I feel so special thank thank you uh uh derek, for loving loving me and, and and you know as a matter of fact um he he said something that is true uh and he said, all the older guys that men are they all gone <laughs> he put me in that old category, and that's right <laughs> i I'm, I'm on the only one left, I'm one of them old guys and um, uh you know so. I like old songs sometimes. Oh, he didn't have to do it. But he did. Oh, he didn't have to do it. But he did. Oh, he. And he's Testing y'all. Let me do it one more time. Oh, he didn't have to do it, but he did. I just got to prove my, my old preacher credentials, amen. <laughs> Listen, I, I, again, I'm, I'm excited, and I'm very, very proud of Derek and his accomplishments. I remember uh, when I first met him, he was always ahead of everybody else. I mean, he, he, went, he, he got called to a church and became a pastor before he went to seminary he went, he, he was a pastor and he left the pastorate to go to seminary. I mean, he was just by. he was so far ahead of everybody in so many ways. And as I watch his ministry and see his life and have been able to watch his life unfold, what a blessing he's been to so many. Amen. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. And then I, I think about his commitment to God's word and the Let me share with you how important it is to have a pastor that is committed to God's word. I mean, you have no idea how important that is. And and in your lifetime, you will live to discover it. Because there will be in your lifetime and mine a tremendous falling away. And there will be a famine for the word of God. And people will go looking for it will not be able to find it. But glory be to God. You'll have it right here. Amen, somebody. Speaking of the word of God, is just so important for pastors to teach God's word and it reminds me of a story I heard about the lady who was in Bible study and prayer service. She got home and someone had broken her house at night. She's by herself. She comes in, the man's uh in 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 the house and she she couldn't remember anything but her pastor told her to just quote scripture if she ever get in trouble and she started quoting she said acts 2 38 acts 2 38 acts 2 38 acts 2 38. and the man saw and he froze and this the police came and locked the man up and said man why did you freeze when well, that woman was quoting scripture he said, that woman wasn't quoting no scripture. She said she had an ax in 238. <laughs> 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 um, this Father's Day uh, is extremely, extremely important for me in, 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 in two ways. Number one, it's important to me because this is the first Father's Day without my father. I buried my father some eight, nine weeks ago. And um, I miss him. I talk to the man every day and sometimes three times a day. Uh, And so when we came upon this date, I, I just, don't think I would have been able to take it to be in my pulpit uh, the first Father's Day. I, I, would, I don't think I'd be able to hold up and so I was so happy to get this invitation. And then the, 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 the second reason uh, is that I'm with someone who I consider to be my son in many ways. And I can share, be a father to him and to to spend time with him in his home. And it just means so much to me. And again, I, I don't want to belabor this, but to see his lovely wife and to see them together, what a blessing. Some 36 years ago, I got called to a church called the Greater Exodus Baptist Church. The church had 17 active members, two mortgages, church was in bankruptcy court, had a $32,000 gas bill, had $500,000 worth of structural damage, and uh, $300 in the bank. And my father knew that I had got called to the ministry, and I had not been ordained. He knew I'd been called to the church, and he was the moderator of the Monterey Baptist Association, so he... He said, I want to ordain you myself. He flew me to California, and I was catechized there. I was drilled by 30 preachers, all of them pontificating their erudition and demonstrating their theological prowess and pontificating uh, without their empirical knowledge in many situations. And I was, my head was spinning, and my father called time out. And he said, son, come downstairs with me. And I went downstairs, we got in the car. And he said to me, son, you've heard a lot up there, but five things. You commit yourself to these five things. And he says, the world will come to you. And and I want you to know, my friends, and and I do have to confess that I've never been the brightest. I've never been the fastest. I've never been the smartest. I've never been the most handsome. Uh, until today, I think I'm looking pretty good. <laughs> no, I've never been. Not, I've never been those things. Uh, most of my friends graduated soon cum laude and all those things, and I graduated. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> But those five things that my father taught me and that I surrendered to you today have put me in situations where I have seen the lightning flash. I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt some glaciers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I've heard the voice of Jesus telling me in spite of my inadequacies, to still fight on. He promised never to leave me. Never to leave me alone. The first thing my father said is, son, don't let anybody beat you loving. Loving is important. You got to be a lover. And my father knew me. He knew uh, that, that, that I was born in Memphis, Tennessee. And he knew that I had picked cotton and that I, was, uh, I lived in segregation. I was born in deep segregation. I went to the colored bathroom. I have lived long enough to drink out of the colored water fountain. I've lived long enough to, in Memphis, Tennessee, to have seen, uh, go to the movie and couldn't sit down. I had to always be up in the balcony. I lived long enough to pick cotton. I, in, in Memphis, Tennessee, they'd come and pick us up in the school bus and take us to Miss, Mississippi and we would pick cotton. And I can remember as clear as day, that white man on top of that school bus, with Kool-Aid, a big pitcher of Kool-Aid while we were picking cotton, saying, pick that cotton, nigga. I remember it. And my father knew I remembered it. And he said to me, son, you gotta love everybody. White, green, yellow, polka dot, don't let anybody beat you loving. If you can't love, you can't be a child of God. That loving is the birthmark of Christianity. And whenever you are pregnant with love, like you're pregnant with anything, you're going to have to show. Am I right about it, somebody? Designers, uh, they have trademarks. Uh, Tommy Hilfiger and Ralph Lauren and, and Louis Vuitton, they all have trademarks. But the trademark for the child of God is love. I don't care what has happened to you. I don't care how bad it's been. I don't care how that Negro treated you. I don't care how uh, they turned their back on you. You are obligated and you are called by God to be a lover and you got to love in spite of everything. Somebody here say amen. amen. I like what 1 John 4 and 20 says. It says, if a man says he loved God and hates his brother, he is simply a liar. And when the Bible calls you a liar, you are a certified liar. Somebody here say amen. amen. See, you love your brother, you, you, you don't. It's amazing how people understand and don't understand the importance of love. Listen to what Jesus says in John 13 and 35. By this. Shall all men know that you are my disciples by how you love one another, by how you treat one another, not by how much ability you have. It has nothing to do with your skill. It has nothing to do with your strategy. It has nothing to do with your pedigree. It doesn't have anything to do with how good you are and who your mother was. But by love. Shall all men know that you are my disciples? Should, by love, you well, you know, you got you just gotta take me like I am. No, we don't have to take you like you are if you mean. <laughs> no, you know, you just gotta understand how no 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 Bible says, by love shall all men know that you are my disciples. And though you speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, it profit you nothing. Though you give your body to be burned and have not love, it profits you nothing. And now about it, faith, hope, charity. But one day, faith will be swallowed up in sight. And one day, hope will be swallowed up in certainty. And one day, time will be gobbled up in eternity. But love will last forever. 1 John 3 14 says, and we know that we have passed from death unto life when we love one another. Then dad said, second thing, son, not only must you be a lover, but you must also understand the importance of serving. Don't let anybody beat you serving. And what what, what he's talking about is your work ethic and, and how you, your perspective on who you are. Joshua, in Joshua 24 and 15 says, if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose ye this day and whom you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Am I right about it, somebody? And listen to me, you've got a choice. You're going to, you, you're going to serve something or somebody. All of you in here right now, there's nobody in here that's not going to serve something or somebody. Am I right about it? I made up my mind that I'm going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. And that great eschatological address of Jesus in Matthew 25, he said unto them, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thank God for being a servant. Thank God that the greatest among us will be the last. And, and I like the idea of what Jesus says, when the first shall be last and the last will be first, and you're going to be surprised uh, at judgment because there's going to be a great dilemma, and those who thought they were everything in this world are going to count for nothing. And the least among us will be those with the most significance. Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus, who made himself of no reputation, but took upon the form of a servant, humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, And every tongue shall confess. Hallelujah, somebody. That he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And so be a servant. That God has not called us the Lord over anybody, but he's called you to be a servant, son. And so serve the people. Number three, don't allow anybody to get you praying, son. You, 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 and praying is just simply talking to God. When folks talking about, they don't, they don't know how to pray. And they don't, no, 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 no. You know how to pray. You know how to talk. Yeah. Am I right about it? Yeah. Unfortunately, in the church right now, if I took a microphone and said, I need everybody in here to take a turn and lead us in prayer, people would shy away from it. I remember the story was told about the lady uh, in London who was in this great church of Abbey. And she began to pray and she had broken English and, and she had a verb split all over the place, and, but she's praying. And after she finished praying, one of the bishops got up and said, that is the most horrible language i ever heard in my life. And she leaned over and said, sir, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? When you're talking to God, it don't make no difference. Am I right? Ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door will be open unto you. Hallelujah, somebody. So you need to talk to God. You ought to have that relationship. You'd be talking to him. Amen, somebody. When I I, I was playing in the NFL, uh, they didn't have this rule, but they have this rule now where that the coach can literally throw in a red flag and, and, and question the call of the official. Anybody ever seen that? Well, and, and by the way, uh, it can be overturned if he throws that flag and he finds it to be correct. And so the referee has to stop the game and has to determine whether or not uh, it's right or wrong. That's what prayer is to the child of God. I don't care what's going on in your life, you got a flag you can throw. Somebody here ought to say "Man, <laughs> You can throw that flag when you're in trouble and God will stop the place. Am I right about it, somebody? I, I, like, I like what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 33 and three. He says, call on me. God said, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you know not of. I don't know about you, my friend, but I don't mind throwing my flag. I don't mind talking to God. I like what grandmama said. Jesus is on the main line. Tell him what you want. Whatever you need, you tell him about it. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Hallelujah, somebody. And then my father says, number four, Son, don't let anybody beat you giving. People come in this world and they take and they suck suck up everything. And they die with no legacy. They came, they ate, they slept. And they died. It's the history of most people in humanity. Men wander and stumble through all the glories and harmonies of the universe. Everywhere tracing the manifestations of creative power and infinite wisdom. Yet they do not know God. Such examples of human greatness startles the world and reach the admiring gaze of all mankind. But these people, because they're not givers, they pass away like the pestilence of the storm only to be remembered by the desolations that they have made. Be a giver, not a taker. I wonder, do you know anybody who likes to take and don't like to give? Second Corinthians, I like that ninth chapter and that sixth verse, it says, But this I say unto you, He that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly, and he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. The laws of the harvest is what dad was telling me, that the seed belongs to God, that whatever you have, it belongs to God. It does not belong to you. Your car does not belong to you. Your house does not belong to you. Your child does not belong to you. They belong to God. And if you want to be blessed, you got to learn how to let that seed go you got to part with the seed. Am I right about it, somebody? And what I've discovered is that as you plant the seed, uh, you will reap what you sow. And so if you're going to reap what you sow, then you better sow what you need. Somebody here say amen. And then something else I discovered is that you're going to reap more than you sow. And so now if you're going to reap more than you sow, young people up there, then you got to be very careful what you sow. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? And and, and then thirdly, you're going to reap later than you sow. So you're going to have to wait after you sow. Am I right about it? And there's probably somebody in here right, waiting right now. Just keep on waiting because God's word is true. God cannot lie. Am I right about it? Just keep on, you may have to wait and, and with tears in your eyes, and your tears may be the irrigation for your crop, but you just keep on waiting. If you gotta cry, go on and cry. I've got good news for you. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. Am I right about it, somebody? Am I right about it, somebody? And I want to just tell you right now, right now, if you're waiting, just keep on waiting and keep trusting God and keep leaving. Whatever, whatever you're dealing with right now, just keep on waiting. Am I right about it? They that wait upon the law shall do what? They shall mount up. I, I, I'm glad you said that. Not like cowboys, but like eagles. I'm shooting. I have to say that. They just ain't got no, they ain't got no cowboys in the Bible, amen. That's what we got. Y'all may have more Super Bowls than we got, but hey, we can mount up like wings of eagles. Am I right about it, somebody? Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah, somebody. Y'all excuse me here, but you know what? I told Derek that I was, I, 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 I forgot to bring my Super Bowl ring. You know, I've been the Eagles chaplain now for 16 years. I've been blessed to serve them along with my pastor. It's been a wonderful thing working with those young men. And I did not get this ring while I was playing. I got it because I was praying. Hey, somebody. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, he didn't get it playing." He got it praying. Hey, Sheila (laughs) Mahababada. I want y'all to know I'm almost finished, I promise you. (laughs) But before I give you the fifth, let me tell you that these principles have changed my life. And to that church that only had 17 members now have over 1,700 members. That church that was falling down right now and now is building uh, buildings for the homeless Uh, and have ministry in Mozambique, Malawi, Tanzania, Kenya, South Africa, have trained over 25,000 welfare recipients, taking them all for the welfare and to the job market. Right now, have a Project Dad program that's connecting men coming out of prison back to their children, mentoring programs. Right now, there is a program called Amachi that's now a federal program in 40 states started in that church that I was telling you about. And I can go on and on and on and tell you. Right now, the property in that church where it only had 300 members, but that that $300 in the bank, now the property is worth over $55 million. (laughs) And did the world come? Yes, the presidents and the poor have bowed down. I have counseled two presidents. I've counseled every governor we've had, except for this last one. I'll talk to y'all about that later. (laughs) And every mayor. Young people, please hear me. The world will come to you if you will use Christian principles. Which leads me to my final point, and that is this. My dad said, don't let anybody beat you believing, son. That believing is important. He says that you're going to come up in an age whereby people are not going to believe anything. They're not going to believe in the Holy Trinity. They're not going to believe in the virgin birth. They will not believe in the deity of Christ. They will not believe in the definition of marriage according to the Bible. They they will not believe. They, 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 They will not believe in the sanctity of life. You will come up in an age where people will begin to change and, and, and decide what gender they are. And, 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 and the states right now where you can just go in the bathroom, you just, before you go in, decide you're going to be a woman even though you're a man and go and sit in the women's bathroom. That's the world we're living in right now. And it is the law that your children and some of these states, if they decide that they, they are a woman when they are a man, a boy, when they want to be a girl, all they got to do is say, I want to be a girl now. These are the times in which we live. Our seminaries that are training our, our, our great minds around the country now are telling people that there is no inerrancy of scripture. That the Bible has holes in it. And it goes on and on and on and on. And that is the world that you're living in. And if you want God to bless you, you're going to to believe God. If you want God to smile on you, you're going to have to start believing God. If, if you want God to turn your situation around, then you're going to have to start believing him. Do I have a witness here? And I wonder, is there anybody here that can just wave their hand as a witness and say, I believe God, hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but I believe that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask and above all that I can think. Do you believe that? (laughs) I believe that God is able to make all grace abound toward us that we might have all sufficiency in all things in order that we might abound in every good work. Do you believe that? I believe that that, that one can chase a thousand and two can put 10,000 to a flight. Hallelujah, somebody. I believe that all, all things are possible if you only believe Anybody here believe that? Yeah. And here's what my dad told me. He said, son, the word of God is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Just let it loose. Hallelujah, somebody. I wish somebody would say, Pastor, let it loose. I'm so glad you said that. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. And whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemy and my foe, stay against me to eat my flesh they stumble and they fall yeah yeah they yeah the host shall encamp against me my heart shall not fear the war shall rise against me and this will I be confident one thing to come on with me now. If you don't go with me, I'm going by myself. Yeah. Can I get a witness here? Somebody say, I believe God. Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Somebody say, the Lord I like the way you said that. But now say it like you mean it. Say the loud. Yeah. You know, Cofield, I like to say the loud. The loud. I like to say it. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord is able. Do you believe that? Well, turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, won't he do it? Oh y'all don't say y'all sound like some white fucking idiot. Come on, want he do it? Now you got to get nasty with it. You got to put your hand on your hip love, and look at your neighbor and say, "Want he do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah." Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know about you, but I believe in God jesus christ conceived of the virgin mary suffered on the pontius pilate crucified dead and buried descended into heaven and the third day yeah i gotta stop right here the third day i believe that he rose again but let me back it up a little bit here he died Oh, yes, he did. Can I get a witness here? Now, now this is old-fashioned. People don't like this no more. But every time I preach, I got to get to Calvary and don't shoot me for a minute. But he died. He died. Oh, yes, he died. for you and he died for me. Can I get a witness? But that's not the end of the story. Am I right about it? That's not the end of the story because it is here I gotta close now but here's how I want to close I wonder will anybody go with me here I want to just say all hail the power of Jesus name let angels prostrate forth bring forth is he all right is he all right is he all right is he all right somebody say yeah 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 Yeah. son can i holler one more time